Hi, I'm Jennifer Wilde, and you're listening to Sober Exposure. If it's about recovery, we're going to cover it. It's like one big therapy session, but it's free. So thanks for joining our dysfunctional family as we uncover recovery with Sober Exposure. Let's go. All right, guys, sober exposure. And what an ex- this is like exciting in so many ways, shape, and forms because, first of all, we're going video. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep it PG, unfortunately, guys. <laughs> Cause I got the hot chick. But this is our first um, this is our first video appearance on sober exposure. And we're celebrating because I got your sober pal Laura on our first show and I chose her because she's hot and I don't know why I chose the hot chick for the first one because I mean she's younger and hotter than me welcome to the show thank you for coming on and congratulations on your four years Laura thank you so much and it's you're so funny you're like I'm bringing you her on because she's the hot chick and I'm just over here like I would kill for her abs <laughs> oh, I mean, that's just genetics. I got to tell you. And that's another thing we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about fitness. I want to hear your story. Um, you're my spirit animal and I'm going to begin with the reason. Okay. So I found Laura, we don't know each other. I'm going to tell you, we really don't know each other that well, but we connected on Instagram and I saw this friggin' chick and I'm like, okay, she is my spirit animal. I love her. And I'm going to tell you why. And we're going to, we're going to do this right here. This is where I found her. And this is how I decided that I was in love with her and that she was going to be my best friend forever. And this was it right here. Here we go. Oh yeah. No drinking for me tonight. I'm on my chlamydia. Why am I not drinking? Oh, Rebecca, my other personality. <laughs> she's underage. I'm getting a colonoscopy tomorrow. And I just want to make sure my pipes are real clean. This is why I'm not drinking. Drinking just always makes me feel like I'm going to shit my pants. Does that happen to you? I'm robbing a bank later and I just really need to be on my game. It's like, as soon as I have one, I just want to bang everybody's husband. I just bleached my butthole and alcohol gives me the runs. Yeah. I have this weird condition that makes booze taste like cat pee. Weird. Oh my God. I love you. And you had one other bit like that too. And that, that was just, so I saw that bit and you know, for some reason, when you see like this adorable girl talking like that, I just, that's just me. That's my sense of humor. And so I, I just fell in love with you. And then, um, I just started scrolling through and then I saw that you're into animals and into the gym and into working out. And then you also have like a soft side to you and, so I just reached out and I'm like, will you come on my podcast? And then it took a while because you're so popular. You didn't get my, you didn't get my, uh, I am. And she's like a TikTok sensation. And okay. So I'm like a million years old and I'm trying to go on TikTok. I have 28 followers. So maybe you can teach me a little something about TikTok. I'm like so excited. Cause I got to like 30 today. Yeah, so Laura, amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit just about your story. Give me just like kind of the Cliff Notes version, who you are, where you came from, and where you are today, and how you got your four years, and what color that nail polish is, because I'm getting it next time. Girl, these are press-on nails from Walmart. This is how I roll. Oh, man. <laughs> Never tell. I'm walking around with a Louis Vuitton. 
Yep. So they think. So, so they, they think. think. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me on here. I could tell before I jumped on, I'm like, we're going to have a lot of fun. I was like perusing your IG and I'm like, this is going to be a good way to celebrate four years. Uh, but yeah, I'm four years sober today, which is crazy because there was a time when I used to look at people with two weeks and look at them like they were unicorns. Like, how do they do that? totally blew my mind. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's been a journey, you know, relapse is a big, big part of my story. Um, and I guess I'll try to make it quick with the story, but like, I realized I've always known I was kind of a big drinker. Even when I was in my early twenties, I just loved to party drinking, helped me feel like I could fit in. Cause I was kind of a dorky outcast, like sheltered girl growing up. Really? You were, so you were the geek in school? I was pretty geeky. You know, I was first clarinet in the marching band and I was like a girl. (laughs) You wore the hat in the, in like the, in the marching band? Oh, you know it. You know. Oh man, the pants. I love it. Oh gosh. The geek. I marched so hard. And that like, at that point I had like never had a drink. I didn't have my first drink until like when I was probably almost 20. So so yeah, I was nerding out hard. Okay, I was tooting on my clear <laughs> <laughs> Um, But yeah, so, but when I discovered drinking, I was like, this is amazing. Because again, like we all love the way that it makes us feel relaxed and confident. And it's just like this artificial confidence that it infuses into you. And I just immediately took to it. Um, so yeah, like through college, I partied. And when I graduated college, I went to Arizona State University, which is really well known for being a party college. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. Especially Had a couple friends. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after college, I moved to a ski town and ski towns are basically like, it's like college, but like for older kids, you know what I mean? It's, so there's a lot of snow. Sorry. Of I couldn't snow. resist. <laughs> All the snow. <laughs> And yeah, snow eventually became, I went for the one kind of snow and then I ended up getting a little too involved with the other kind of snow. Um, but yeah, like I, around my mid twenties, I started to notice like, Oh, I, I really like to party. And I just kind of chalked it up as being like someone who enjoys having fun, who has a free spirit and likes to cut loose with some drinks. And it was pretty normalized where I lived. Um, but it wasn't until I actually tried to stop for periods of time. And I realized how hard it was for me that I was like, "Uh Oh, I think this is a kind of a problem. And so, so yeah, I just, I, I started like a lot of people do. I started with like dry January and 30 days off and you know, that whole bit. And eventually it was like one thing to the next. And finally I decided I wanted to get sober for good. Um, I was around 2930 at that point and you know I couldn't do it on my own so I went into an AA meeting and I got help and that's finally what made it click and you know here we are today four years later <laughs> okay so the first time when you said you couldn't do it when you when you tried to do it on your own well you just like tried to cold turkey it and you just tried to stop and it didn't work um and so the first time you walked into AA it worked well no, I actually relapsed a couple times after AA, but AA was when I started to like actually put some time together and I started to notice like some real changes in my mindset and my behavior. 
Um, but you know, I, I think my recovery even started before AA, like I started joining online recovery support groups and I was like reading, listening to a lot of podcasts, like, you know, like mm-hmm. this. And I honestly, yeah, cause I'm going to keep you sober. <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I, I think I plant the seed. I plant the seed. I like doing these things to plant the seed, you know? Cause I mean, like you don't know me that well. My, my program ain't all that. And I do not sit here and stand and tell you that I work a great program because I fuck up all the time and I'm a miserable human being a lot of the time, but I do like to, we, we do like to raise awareness and I like to invite guests that do have the sobriety. And this is why, yeah, I'm asking you the question. So, all right. So you did all that. You walked into the AA meeting and, um, that's where, that's where it all began. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, honestly, the podcasts were a big game changer for me. And I think that what you're doing is amazing. I think that it's important because I was too scared to go into like a meeting or get like, ask someone for help. So I think it was a really important stepping stone for me. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was a couple of years after the, the podcasts and the books, and then it was like the online recovery groups. And finally, you know, I went to a meeting and I got some real help and on, like, I'll, I'll be like, totally honest with you. Like, yeah, the only reason I went to a meeting is because I knew I couldn't afford rehab or an addictions counselor. Like I was broke as a joke. So, well, dude, let, yeah, I know. mean, let, let me tell you, and, and I'm going to get into this for a sec because I mean, I worked in rehab. I've been in a million rehabs. I've told my story a million times. Like, Um, my first rehab, I was 18. I've been from like the government funded bottom of the barrel, just one step above prison, sleeping on a plastic mattress rehabs to friggin' Malibu in the canyons with like servants, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, everything you need is, is an AA really, you know, everything you need is I'm a little pissed off at AA right now because I had a thing with my sponsor the other day and, um, it it was like a serious thing. Like, I'm going to have a whole show on this mm-hmm. about antidepressants in AA and she was a new sponsor and we were going through the steps and we were reading the big book and she asked me if I was on um, like Vistarol, which is like Benadryl because she said they give that to a lot of addicts in treatment and I said no and then we got into that and then um, it got out that I was on antidepressants which so many of us are. And in the big book, yeah. it talks about outside issues and and how, you know, we can do that. And she thought she was a medical doctor and told me that she won't work with me because I'm on antidepressants. Oh, wow. And that was really dangerous because then I'm like, she almost told me, okay, so she almost, and then I'm going to get back to you because I want to read something that no, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Because basically, okay, tell me if your brain doesn't work like this. So she's telling me that, um, you know, I have to get off the medication. And basically she gave me the name of a psychiatrist to call. And she said, call this psychiatrist right here because you can't get off of it on your own. Call the psychiatrist right here and make an appointment. And I'm also a people pleaser. I mean, I am, you know, like this, this woman, like in my AA group, like all the chicks follow her, like she's Miss AA and everything. And that's why I asked her, you know, I want to be accepted and everything. So I did make the appointment, but then I started getting pissed off. And then she almost made it like I wasn't sober and I had to change my sobriety date. And I said to her, cause I'm on this medication. Mm. I said to her, I'm like, Oh no, no, no. You do not want me to do that because my brain will tell me that if, if you're telling me that I'm not sober because I'm on this antidepressant, my brain's going to be like, well, shit. If I'm, if I'm changing my sobriety date because of friggin' an antidepressant, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Drink up. Yeah. Um, 
Totally. Goodbye. It's it's all over. It is all, it's all over. So, um, you know, I, I did, I did some work on that and, um, I talked to a lot of people and obviously I'm not going to continue with her as a sponsor. I was going to say, did you talk to anyone else or like her sponsor? I feel like that's the kind of thing you'd want to run past their grand, your grand sponsor or obviously other people in the program. Cause that's an, that's interesting. I don't want to like make a judgment call on that, but that's an interesting thing for her to do. Yeah. It, it, Mm. you know, it's not, it's tricky. AA is tough because, and you know, it's, it's a great program. It has a lot of amazing things and has done amazing things for a lot of people, but people are imperfect. And I think that it's a lot of times people are what F's up like AA or like, you know, religion or whatever. And so a lot of times it's like, it's a program that has a lot to offer, but you, it's the people like you can't control the people. And so you never know what you're going to get. And yeah, yeah. Always like, it, it, just do your job. Just be a sponsor. Just take me through the <laughs> right. steps and freaking totally. don't be a fucking doctor. Okay. That's Stay it. You know, you, you want to be a doctor, go to medical school a bit anyway. <laughs> um, so here's what I read on, on your page today. Cause it's all about you celebrating this four years. And uh, this made me cry. It's August 1st, 2021, 707 AM. And this is to the people that are listening right now that are just like Laura, that are afraid to go to meetings or afraid to go get the help, that are just listening to podcasts uh, in the beginning stages that don't think they could do it. And it's, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it just starts off with, wowza, can you believe it? The same girl, the same girl when, uh, the, the same girl who thought she would never make it past two weeks, who thought she would never stop relapsing, who thought she would never get her life together. The girl never gave up. And here we are sitting next to a fire pit underneath the most beautiful sky with birds chirping and even on some, uh, something somewhere. Oh, even what in the distance? An owl hooting in the distance. Oh my God. Is that even an owl? Oh, that's so beautiful. (laughs) When I think back to those early days in those mornings, waking up after slipping yet again about how desperately I wanted just to feel normal and free. I just want to reach back in time and give her a hug. She had no idea what the future held. She had no good or bad uh, she, wait, she had what? I'm not sure. She didn't know. You just, okay. You just, you just wanted to give her a hug and, um, she, she did. And it was just that she had that one sliver of hope, that one sliver of hope that maybe just maybe things could get better, that there was something, something that she was fighting for. And there was so much more, uh, that was worth the struggle. That was worth the struggle where she is today. I mean, There was a lot more in that entry, but I mean, that there was just, just fucking so, so compelling and beautiful. And I really want to celebrate you because, um, I do want to, I don't like dwelling on war stories, but, um, obviously you didn't walk into an uh, a meeting because things were great. And maybe we can talk about like your bottom and, and talk about maybe those dark days and you can get as candid as you want, but. I hear for you have a virtual 
amethyst. I was going to get you like a birthday cake, but like we both get, we, we don't want to get fat. Totally. So I don't give, I don't give cakes like <laughs> gross. Like, I mean, we, we're, like most, most alcoholic and addicts for the most part that are women, we all have like eating disorders too. So right. <laughs> like we do, you know, so I don't give cakes, but the crystals, amethysts, um, I'm really into crystals. They represent uh, spirituality and sobriety. And there's a million reasons why they do. And I'm not going to make the show about crystals, but I'm presenting this to you for your four years. And uh, yes, it's been Reiki healed and it will be sent to you in the mail. And Thank this is my gift you. to you. For your four I years. love oh, yeah. it. Oh my God. I'm so gooey right now. Anyway. I love the side of you. So take me give me the juice. Like you, you have an amazing boyfriend. I saw like, he's so hot. He's smoking and you guys have a great life together. And that, that is only a result of, you know, your sobriety and what you've done. Um, and you've done the work. So when you walked into that meeting, um, like I said, I don't want to dwell too much on the war stories, but what was it? What was the last bottom that was like, that's it. Was it emotional? Was it jail? Mm. What? Tell me about it. Yeah, I you know honestly, I don't mind going back into the war stories because I am always like so proud of that girl for not giving up because it was just such a brutal time in my life. Um, it's it like amazes me that I didn't give up, you know. Um, but you know, my last, my big, yeah, I got a couple of bottoms, but I think my most horrible bottom. And it's funny because I can laugh about it now, but I woke up out of a blackout inside Whole Foods, like 7 p.m. And I was literally, I was standing, I was hovering over the Whole Foods, like buffet bar, you know, where you get like the noodles or the chicken. It's like the serve yourself area. And I literally, I was, yeah, that's sanitary. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> I was probably breathing so heavily on that stuff. Like, and the manager was shaking me by the shoulders and she's like, ma'am, ma'am, are you okay? Are you okay? And I just kind of like came to, and I was like, did I really just come out of a blackout? Like standing up, you know, I obviously had been like moving around and it was functioning, but similar to like when you black out at a party and you're like doing all this stuff and then you hear about it the next day, I had woken up out of that type of blackout and the lady was like, do I need to call you a cab? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. And so I, I turn around and I try, I start walking out of the whole foods and I walk out to my car to drive out of there. Like awesome. I know I was a really bad drunk driver. I was a really bad drunk driver. I always drove drunk and, um, you know, I got to my car and I couldn't open the car. So I'm like digging through my purse, can't find my keys. I look inside the car and I see my keys sitting in the back seat. And I swear to God, my higher power like locked those keys in my car so I couldn't drive home. Cause I am positive I would have like crashed into a pole or hit like worse. Yeah. Like hit somebody like with a kid in the car. You know what I mean? Um, and it was at that moment that it just like had this like moment of clarity where I was just like, what the hell am I doing? Like, what, how did I get to this point in my life? Like, I'm driving drunk. I'd already had a DUI at this point. Um, and I'm like trying to drive still. And I just turned around, leaned against my car. I just started sobbing. Like I sunk to the floor. Carl to pick me up, my current man. And that night was just, I just rocked back and forth on the carpet, like 
just crying and sobbing. And I just was like, I am so scared of the body that I inhabit. I was so scared because I was already like kind of trying to stop drinking or like trying to control it. And like nothing seemed to be working. And I think that's when I knew I I needed to stop for good for good and like really get serious about it because I was clearly a danger to society and myself at this point. Um, and yeah, that night really rocked me like to the core. And I think we all have like, you know, it's not exactly the, the events that happen that shakes us. It's that emotional, like roller coaster ride. Um, but man, it was, it was a brutal night that night. And I freaking was in the program right after that. And I was like, all in, I was all in cause I was really desperate. And I had that gift to desperation at that point. Yeah. That's, that was your surrender. That was it. You're like, yeah, that's, it's called, that's what I call surrender. And, uh, you're right. That was totally divine intervention. Can you imagine? It's like, you can't even find your keys. You can't, your stomach. And what I love the most about that story is you're in a health food store, rocked out of your mind in yeah, a health food store. <laughs> like, I was so like, when I would get drunk or drink, I would so drawn to like places that made me feel better about my drinking. So like if it was classy, so if I was drink, if I was getting wasted, it would be like nice wine. Cause for some reason, the nice, the fact that I was drinking nice wine canceled out the fact that I was a hot mess. And for some yeah. reason I was drawn to whole foods. Cause it was like, that's where people who have their shit together go. So it was like this weird thing when I was drunk and like blacked out, I was drawn to like those types of environments. It was super weird. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. It made you feel better about yourself. Like maybe I'm not exactly. Like, I'm not like, a care, like these people are rubbing up joint. on me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> gosh, that's funny. I mean, I got to tell you, I am the complete opposite when I'm using, I am like, take me to the gutter. Let me hang out with the homeless people. Well, cause they have all the drugs. So anyway, but I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You feel better about yourself and you don't feel like, you know, that that's just what that what I call that is just serious denial you know like I'm okay I'm with normal people so I'm not a drunk I'm in Whole Foods that cracks me up so um when you walked into AA um when you say you got down and did the work tell me this is for the people that are listening that don't know how to get sober what's the work tell us about the work what's the work what did you do I Man, I did not want to go to AA. Let me just start by saying I did not want to go to AA. I was like, you won't catch me dead in a church basement with them flickering fluorescent light bulbs. And yeah, people Uh, sitting in a circle talking about their feelings. I was like, kill me. I would rather like, I was going to do this on my own. So it took, I mean, clearly it took the universe basically strangling me into the rooms. And (laughs) so, yeah, when I went to my first meeting, I was just amazed by like how raw and real it felt like compared to the real like the outside world it was like wow everybody here is like so honest and like unapologetic um and so yeah i got a sponsor and doing the work i mean it's paperwork it's like work in every in every way because i had sponsors they had me doing like paperwork like sheets but i was also like yeah (laughs) which especially my fourth step like they're like handing me papers and like you know i had had to read upon awakening every morning with one of my sponsors and you know Mm -hmm. we met every week and it was like it was a lot of structure it was a lot of accountability but that was exactly what i needed because i couldn't give that to myself obviously and so 
you know, that structure, that accountability was an absolute game changer for my recovery. And yeah, it was a lot of work and I had to do a lot of action to like change my thinking, you know, right action leads to right thinking. And, um, but I, I really started to notice some profound changes in just the way I perceived the world as I was kind of moving through the steps and stuff. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was really amazing. Actually. It's like a lot of work for sure. But like, I started to realize like all this work, you're kind of front loading the work, but it makes the rest of your life easier. You know what I mean? And so it's totally worth it. Yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, this is how I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up. First of all, say that quote again, right thinking makes right. What say that again. I like that quote. That's right. Action leads to right thinking. Like, okay. I love that. Right. Action leads to right thinking. Here's my analogy that I'm going to say. So, um, I, we're going to talk about the animals. I have two animals right here that are sleeping. Um, I I wish I could put the cat, I have a Corgi and I have a, um, a mutt, but anyway, and I, I walk dogs also just for oh. a living basically. Cause I'm an out of work radio personality that nobody will hire me. Cause my mugshot was all over the town. But anyway, we'll tell you that story another time. Um, so my analogy on what you just said was a lot of times I'll walk the dogs and I'll bring like the poop scooper or the, the bag and they'll take a shit and I won't clean the shit. Cause I'll be like, Oh, nobody saw me. I don't want to clean the shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm not doing the right thing. When I walk the dog and nobody's looking and I clean up the shit, I know I'm feeling, I know I'm doing the right thing. That's integrity, doing the right thing. And I feel good about myself. And that's, I know I'm doing the right thing. And to me, that is the analogy of sobriety, cleaning up the shit when no one's looking. How's that? I love it. You get it? Cleaning up the shit when no one's looking. I'm going to steal that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like doing the right thing, walking the dog, cleaning up the shit, you know, and no one's looking. So Getting that's my analogy. Getting up those turds and no one's around. Yep. I love Yeah. It. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the animals, were you always into animals? Because, oh my God. So tell everybody what you do. I think it's awesome. I'm like, I work with animals too. Literally. I mean, I do. I have like this little pet sitting business on the side and I like walk dogs and stuff. I clean up shit for a living. It's awesome. Me too. Um, (laughs) yeah. Tell, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, Was this after sobriety before? I mean, yeah, I I have this job, but I work at an SPCA. So I'm the communications manager at the SPCA of Northern Nevada. And so, yeah, oh, that's I, a big girl job, communication manager. So that's a big girl job. It is a big girl I don't job. Know, you, but I still, have to do, 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 I still have to help clean kennels and stuff because we're really understaffed. So it's, it's amazing though. It's amazing. It's a small shelter here in Reno. And yeah, I love that I get to be of service in my career. It's crazy. Cause when I quit drinking, I was a bartender and a server, which is great. I actually really loved that job too. Um, but it's really given me the opportunity being sober to pursue a creative path, which is something I'd always wanted, but never had the confidence to do. Well, how, how many animals do you end up with? Well, everybody asked me that. I actually had my dog before I started working there, but I'm not going to, I recently spontaneously adopted a cat and I'm not even a cat person. And oh gosh. yeah, I was like, what am I thinking? Why did I adopt a cat? Um, but this cat is totally growing on me. I'm like starting to become a cat person. I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> I had uh, nine cats when I was like in the middle of my addiction because I, I actually, um, volunteered at a humane society. This was like, 
I mean, so many years ago, and it was in the middle of my drug addiction. And the only reason why I volunteered at the humane society, at that particular humane society is because I had a total crush on the veterinarian that was affiliated with it. And I just wanted to, I just wanted them. And so I volunteered there and ended up with nine frigging cats. And then I ended up in rehab. It was terrible. It was so bad. I had nine cats walking around my house. I mean, I took care of them. I didn't abuse them or anything. I mean, they were taken care of. And then um, they were all given good homes, but that's the insanity of my disease. Seriously, it's like that sounds like insanity. Yeah. Although cats are, it's easy to have nine cats compared to like trying to have nine dogs. But it's nine dog the cat, stuff yeah. we do but, in our addiction, like we like accrue things. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. it's just insanity. That, and that's my sex and love addiction. Nine cats because I have a crush on the vet. Right. right. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so oh, anyway, um, working out, training. Were you always into working out, or did this happen after sobriety? Um, so I've always kind of been into the gym, um, but it's been a dream of mine to compete for as long as I can remember. And that was like something I always told myself, like when I was drinking, I was like, if I ever, ever get sober, I want to compete in a bodybuilding competition. And like, that was like one of my lofty dreams that I just never thought would happen for me. Um, and so after I got sober, I decided to compete. I tried to give it a little bit of time because I wanted to prioritize my sobriety at first. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like how I got seriously into fitness and nutrition and, you know, it kind of stuck and it's truly a passion of mine. It's just easier to like be passionate about fitness when you're sober. Cause it's like, it requires a certain level of consistency. Um, but like, it's also my therapy at this point. It's mostly about it being my therapy and I just have fun in the gym. I feel like a little kid in like a jungle gym. Like it's like Disney world, mm. you know, Yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I relate to that a lot. And when you were talking about with meetings, the accountability, um, that's, that's why I have someone I work out with and, and that's my accountability partner. I actually just did a post on Instagram about that with my accountability partner. Um, working out to me is, is everything. It's such a big part. Um, because I did mention the antidepressants and everything, and it helps me with my depression. And I actually got injured. That's why I'm like looking at myself. I'm like, oh my God, my arms look like shit because I can't, I, yeah, I haven't been able to like train like I usually do, you know? Um, cause I, I hurt myself and it's amazing. Like just I, how it affects my brain and my mood when I'm not working out. And even though I can't work out the way that I want to because of my shoulder or my arm or whatever the hell the problem is, um, it's pretty bad. Just moving anything. So like people that are listening, like that are maybe just beginning, we, it doesn't have to be to the point of competing like Laura. I mean, that, that's friggin' ridiculously amazing. And, um, I always want to do it, but Oh God, don't, you can't eat. Aren't you the biggest bitch when you have to go on those diets? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk to you about that off, off air really. Cause I think it's cool. And I'm over 50 and they do have competitions for like old bitches like me. And I would like to maybe talk about that. Yeah, but anyway. You could probably sneak into the, to the young group and they wouldn't notice. No, but then it'd be harder. No, I want to be with the old ladies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're if like, I, if I'm the playing field. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I know. I want to be with the old ladies. It's, you know, I, I want to be with the 60 year olds. <laughs> so anyway. Um, but yeah, if, if you are listening and you're just getting sober, I, I just can't even emphasize enough. Now there's a fine line because then also a lot of people like to replace the gym and they, they start getting addicted to the gym and then they don't go to the meetings and then they end up frigging meeting some hottie in the gym and then they go relapse together, blah, 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 but whatever. It's just important 
even just like take a walk, you know, cause when you're, when you're coming off drugs and alcohol, your, your body is just so out of whack, you know? So I'm not trying to be like my ex sponsor and act like a doctor, mm-hmm. but you know, it, the fitness, don't you agree is so important. I always tell people like it makes a great, like it's a great supplement to a recovery program. Like it's a nice side thing, but I agree. Like you don't want to, like some people try to make it like their recovery and they rely completely on it. But I, I agree. Like it's a huge mood booster. It's like, it keeps you, it's just, I, yeah, it really helps me. Um, and it's helped my recovery as well. It's like a great addition. So, but yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. I loved what you said about the competition and that you waited until, you know, you were solid in your recovery. (gasps) Okay. So, um, I want to hear about your party because you had a big sober party and you announced it all over Instagram and everybody was celebrating. You have so many people supporting you. I mean, how did you blow up like that? Just post it. I mean, she blew up on Instagram. Give your Instagram and TikTok and everything a plug. Not like anybody watches me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, have a, I have a few followers on my podcast, wow. but give yourself. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody who you are and where you are and talk about your party. So yeah. So I do have a TikTok and an Instagram at your sober pal, all one word. Um, started both just like, honestly, I never thought I'd get more than a hundred followers on Instagram. I was just kind of making it as a little diary. Um, like less than a year ago, I started that. And then TikTok, I just wanted to make funny videos, you know? And I just think there's so much stuff about recovery that is hilarious. And I just wanted to like put that in video format. Um, and so there's just so much to laugh about in recovery. And if you don't laugh at yourself and in your journey, then what fun is it? You know? Um, and so, yeah, it was, it's been, it's definitely, yeah, it's blown up a little bit. It's been surprising. People are finding out about it in my real life. Cause I've been trying to like, keep not tell my real life friends so that I could be extra vulnerable, <laughs> um, or like yeah. my coworkers, but secrets out and it's all good. Yesterday I did have a big party for my four years and invited all the people I know, coworkers, friends. And it was amazing. And you know, I have a birthday, my birthday's in January. It's like in the dead of winter. I like never want to do anything because it's like the crustiest weather. And like, I love that this is like my anniversaries in the summer and I just can have like a backyard party. So I said, F it. Like, why not? Let's just throw a party. And it was a great turnout. We got stormed out and like the rain came and that kind of like shut down the party a little bit, but it's okay. I ended up having so much fun and I just like feel so supportive and I love being able to invite people into like my recovery and to like celebrate with me. It's not something I need to keep a secret around the DL. Like it's like yeah. happy and proud. Like, and I want to, you guys celebrate it and I want to normalize us celebrating our own healing, you know? That's what we got to do. That's what it's all about. You know, I mean, breaking the stigma and normalizing recovery. That's why I, you know, look at us, you know, we're, we're, we're great people. We just have this thing, you know, a disease and there's nothing to be ashamed or embarrassed about it. That's why, you know, I I love that you speak out about that. I love that you do that. And that's why I wanted you on here so bad, you know, and you're brilliant on your TikTok, and I love how you laugh about it. We have to laugh about it, you know, um, because I can't sit here and, and cry about it my entire life. Yeah. Did I fuck up? Absolutely. Did I make really stupid decisions or the things that I want to change? People always ask me, you know, don't have any regrets. That's bullshit. I have a lot of regrets, but I'm not going to sit here and dwell on them. All I'm going to do is make things better. And I, I'm, I'm going to laugh at life in the process. And, um, 
You said it's January birthday. I'm going to die. This is why we connect. Are you Capricorn or Aquarius? Aquarius. I knew you had to be an Aquarius. <laughs> what's the date? I'm going to, what, what's your date? January, January 22nd. What? Shut the fuck up. Why? We're, because we have the same birthday. No. For real? I have the chills. Look, I have the chills. I'm like, look at me. Look, look, at, look at the arm. I wish it, look at the hair on my arms. I have never met hair. anybody with the same birthday as me ever in my entire life. Wow. I, I, I have any, uh, you know who else we have? Uh, you, uh, you might be too young to know. Um, Michael Hutchinson's of in excess. He's beautiful. He, he, huh. he, he ended up hanging himself. Oh. He had the same disease we have. Yeah. He hung himself, uh, he in excess, you know, you, I need you tonight because I answer. You look him up. He's freaking hot as hell. He's smoking. That. There's a great documentary on him too, but he has our birthday. But Laura, what the fuck? That's the same wild. Birthday. I'm shook. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Aquarius. I knew you were my spirit animal. I told you. Did I not tell you? Do you know how many people are on social media and how many people are funny on social media? And I chose you. I was like, I'm having this girl. I'm having her on. I'm, I'm having this girl. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it one more time. Hold on. Oh, yeah. No drinking for me tonight. I'm on meds for my chlamydia. Ah! Why am I not drinking? Oh, Rebecca, my other personality, she's underage. Dude. Get in the cold. I just got to tell you. And I just want to make sure my pipes are really clean. <laughs> Drinking just always makes me feel like I'm going to shit my pants. What happened to you? Feel, I like my, I got to get my asshole bleached. Oh my God. That's fucking great. <laughs> so, okay. In 10 years from now, we're just going to wrap it up. If, if you could talk about, if you could talk about like where, what your life looks like in 10 years, what does it look like? Oh my God. I have I no clue. I don't ever think that far in advance. Okay. That's okay. You're an Aquarius. Of course not. Like, I don't know what my life's going to look like, but I know what I want to feel. And I just want to feel grateful and be of service in 10 years and how that looks. I honestly don't really care. You know, I just want those things, you know, so we'll yeah. see. That's the best answer. Oh my God. I love you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come visit you. I am. I'm going to come visit you. I'm going to, and this, I want you to, oh my God, I wish you could see Gizmo, the big fat Corgi, but he's such an asshole. I Hold love on, let's Corgis see if we can get him. too. I love him. Oh my God. This one. Here, give up. Give up. Give up. I need to, I need to see a fat Corgi. <laughs> You're struggling to pick him up. He's not that fat. Oh, it's so weird. I have so many corgis in my life, and it's just like here I have one more corgi in my life. Like, I don't. Are like, you serious? You have a lot of corgis. Yeah, I'm weirdly like a corgi, and I don't mean like through the shelter. Like in my life, like my in-laws have a corgi. When my best friend is a corgi, like there's just corgis in my life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Look well, this that. is Gizmo. Look at that. Baby. And I have um. I have Iggy too. Iggy was supposed to be a Shiba Inu, but uh, sh I got ripped off. <laughs> oh my god! She's a total mutt. She's half Schnauzer, half uh. She was supposed to be a Shiba. Oh my gosh! Definitely she, Schnauzer in there. Definitely Schnauzer yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schnoo. So, Lore. Oh my god! I love you. I want to wish you the best, best four years ever. Aww. Congratulations and thank you so much for coming on Sober Exposure. Thank you. Need more? 
Of course you do. The show's all about needing more. Go to my website at soberexposure.show or get stuck on my Instagram at soberexposure underscore podcast. 